tried to, to sew anything or, or thread a needle, you know exactly the part of the needle I'm talking about. It's not the sharp point at the end that we typically focus on with needles. It's the other point. It, it has some type of a circle that is an eye, and you take that thread and you try to thread it through there. You know how difficult that might be because of how small the eye of a needle is. Well, you know that we couldn't possibly you know pass through the eye of a needle, but yet we're going to take a look and see through the eye of a needle and we're going to look kind of through the eyes of Jesus and learn some things about the rich, about the poor, and more importantly, most importantly, about the kingdom of God and what it means to be a part of his kingdom. Let's take a look at some examples from Luke chapters 18 and 19. The first example we're going to take a look at is Luke chapter 18 verses 18 through 25. A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, 
how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. There's so much for us to understand right here. Now, obviously, as we look at this this uh, certain ruler, uh, yes, he had a lot of wealth. We see that in verse 23. Um, you know, we, we, we find out that that is, is something that uh, really what's, what's happening to him is that this is his downfall. He seems to be a relatively good guy because, you know, he's keeping these commandments. He've kept, he's kept them since he was a boy. So he knows how to follow the commandments. He knows how to follow a list of rules. But following God is a little different than following a list of rules. Following God includes us giving our everything, our entire heart. And one thing he still was lacking, verse 22 tells us, that his downfall was he wasn't really storing up his treasures in heaven. He was storing them up here on earth. And we can easily be guilty of doing the same type of thing. And Jesus says how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now, you might not think of yourself as rich, and I might not think of myself as rich, but you know, I can tell you whenever we compare ourselves here in America to how much of the, the rest of the world must live, we are very rich in so many different ways. So we need to take heed of a passage like this, of how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, as we look at this, we might think, well, if we're rich, there's just no hope for us at all. In verse 25, even, Jesus says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Okay, a person can't even go through an eye of a needle. And a camel would be like pretty much the, the biggest animal uh, that would be around them. Yeah, you might argue that, you know, an elephant or a whale might be larger, but let's face it, how many people that Jesus talked to are going to see a whale or, or an elephant? But they would see a camel and they would know that's so big and probably about the smallest thing you could think of would be the eye of a needle. And it's impossible. And Jesus says that it's easier for that impossibility, that impossible thing to happen than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now, I just want you to think about this for right now, and I want you to think about uh, this as we look at the next story as well. And I want us to see through the eye of a needle, so to speak, and see what God is, is teaching us here in this passage. This man, what he needed to learn was giving things over to God. It's a lesson that all of us could use a little bit of, uh, a little bit of help in as well. But let's move on to the next story. We'll come back uh, to, to this one in a moment, but let's move on to another story that's found in the same chapter. This time in Luke chapter 18, verses 35 through 43. Now, we are skipping over a little bit of text, and basically what is, what is happening uh, along here is Jesus is getting closer and closer um, to Jerusalem. Uh, really kind of the end of, of Luke's gospel is, is coming to a close, and Jesus keeps talking about how he's He's got to go and that certain things have got to be done. And, and we know that because we know the cross is coming. We know his resurrection is coming. His disciples didn't really get that yet. But along the way, we see another story. So we have this story of the, the rich young ruler is what we oftentimes uh, call him. But here in Luke 18, verses 35 through 43, we're going to be introduced now not to someone with great riches, but for someone who is poor. Well, let's maybe see if we can learn a lesson from him. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 
Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. So already, you know, as, as we reach here in Luke's gospel, we might be thinking, okay, so what we've got to do is we've, we've got to be poor beggars, and, and that, that's how uh, we are pleasing in God's sight. Not so fast just yet. We have seen the difficulties that, ri that riches and wealth in this life can cause us. Now, you know, why is that? Well, there is a huge difference between someone who is rich and someone who is begging. Someone who is rich, they might have a tendency, like we might have, to rely upon ourselves. You know, you might say, oh, well, I've got a, a good job. I provide for my family. And you might list all these things that you do, focusing on you and bringing in um, and taking care of your own family. And all of those things are all well and good and important. And I would say even kind of a, a very important thing uh, that God wants us to do is to provide for our families. That would be like what a rich person might focus on. But a poor person who is begging, they are completely dependent upon what other people give them, like in this instance. He was completely dependent upon what somebody else would do for him. I mean, the man right here, he can't see. He can't do a whole lot of, of, of things here. You know, um, now, yes, of course, we are a, a lot more accommodating to people who have lost their eyesight. But, you know, back then, he couldn't see. In order for him to go anywhere, he was dependent on somebody else. In order for him to do anything, he was pretty well dependent upon somebody else to lead him, to guide him. And he starts to hear this commotion. And he hears this about Jesus. And he calls out, Jesus, son of David. Now, we can easily see that phrase from verse 38, and we can pass over it and just think, oh, okay, well, he knows you know, where he comes from. Yeah, he comes from that, but... Calling him a son of David is so much more important because calling him a son of David is talking about that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the anointed one that is going to come and is going to bring salvation, is going to come and bring deliverance. That's what this blind man is expecting. That's what this blind man is wanting. And he asks this amazing thing. He wants to be able to see. And Jesus allows him to receive his sight and tells him that his faith is what has healed him. This man has great faith. In verse 43, we also see what he does after he receives this wonderful uh, blessing from God. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. That was the result of, of this miracle. He followed Jesus and he praised God. How many of us who have no problem whatsoever with our eyesight might have difficulties following Jesus and praising God every day of our lives? Sometimes we don't always realize how many blessings we do have because so many things have not necessarily been taken away from us. But if some of those things that are near and dear to us are taken away from us, or at least you know minimized, we start to realize the importance of these great blessings that God has given us. And this man, his faith is a contagious one. It spreads to other people too. Because in verse 43, we see that when all the people saw it, they also praised God. This is a wonderful miracle that we see that not only is the man impacted, but also others around him. So like I said before, at this point, you might start thinking, okay, so we've got to get rid of, of, of everything that we have. We can't be rich. We, we have to be poor in order to be pleasing to God. 
not so much. It's a little bit more detailed than that because Luke does not end in chapter 18. He goes on also to chapter 19. This will be a very familiar story. And now let's see it through the eye of a needle. Luke 19 verses 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down and at once, uh, at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, Has he gone to be the guest of a sinner? But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So now we see it's not always just about the riches. It's a lot more about our attitude. Because Zacchaeus serves as a wonderful contrast to the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler, he had all these riches, he had all this wealth, but he didn't have the right mentality. He didn't lay up his treasures in heaven. Zacchaeus was different. Zacchaeus, yes, he had the wealth. He had all these, these great blessings here on this earth, but he also was storing up treasures in heaven for himself. And he also wanted to make everything right. Jesus didn't have to say to Zacchaeus, oh, well, you've got to give everything you know you have. Um, no, Zacchaeus volunteers that. He says, okay, Lord, I'm going to do these things to make whatever wrong I've done in times past right. Now, by the end of that, I don't know exactly what kind of a guy he was. Uh, maybe he, he might not have had all that many uh, possessions at the end of it because he's already saying that he's going to give half of his possessions. Whatever the case, he's willing to give up all these things because his wealth is not, his treasure is not found in that earthly wealth. It's so much more than that. That's why Jesus says the wonderful statement that today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. Even though Zacchaeus was, was typically by most people thought of as an outsider, someone who is kind of a sellout because he's a tax collector. A lot of people would have not liked them. You know, many people don't like tax collectors even today. But Zacchaeus, during his day, most certainly would have been even perhaps hated by some people because they would have said that, well, he just works for the Romans. He just has, has sold out and he's, he's making money off of, his, off of his fellow man. But Jesus says that, look, he is a son of Abraham because he has this faith. Salvation has come to him. And then verse 10, a wonderful kind of summary of, what, of why Jesus came here. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's exactly why Jesus came here, is to seek and to save those who are lost. So we see from these examples, let's look at them once again through the eye of a needle. We see with Zacchaeus, verses 9 and 10, that to Zacchaeus' wonderful response, Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. We see the response with the blind beggar in Luke 18, 42 and 43, that Jesus said to him, Receive your sight, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Those are two wonderful success stories. A rich man, a poor man. But it all has to do with their focus. And their focus was on Jesus. 
the Son of Man, Jesus, the Son of David. And then finally, the story that we started with, with the, which, uh, with the rich ruler in Luke 18, 23, when he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. That's how the, the story of the rich young ruler is, that he walks away at that point. However, the story continues, and let's keep reading. When you look at Luke chapter 18, verses 25 through 30, we read this, that Jesus said, Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus replied, What is impossible with man is possible with God. Peter said to him, We have left all we had to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said to them, No one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. This is the focus. This is the type of faith and the focus that the blind man had. This is also the type of faith and the focus that Zacchaeus had. That it doesn't matter about what is or isn't possible. With man, salvation is always impossible. Make sure that you understand that. Verse 27, what, the importance of what Jesus is saying. He says, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Salvation, just with man alone, we cannot do it. It is impossible for us. Whether you're rich, whether you're poor, riches can't buy salvation. Salvation is possible only with God. And in order to accept this, we must give everything to him. Our heart, soul, mind, strength, money, everything that we have. And Peter recognized what they had already given up. He said, we left everything to follow you. And Jesus puts it all into perspective. And he says that whatever you have given, you will receive many times as much in this present age and in the age to come eternal life. This is what it means to store up our treasures in heaven, for our focus to be heavenly, to see through the eye of a needle. What is impossible for man is possible with God. We must put our faith, our trust, our treasure in God and in the things of heaven. Watch out.